Hey, good morning, DCF, um, and those who are watching live. We are so glad to be here with you, and uh, we just want you to know that we have been praying for you this week. We've been praying for our city and our state and our nation and for the nations of the world and just coming into agreement with what the Lord is saying over us. And um, I just want to read something for us this morning as we get started, and then Dave's going to come and share a, a message for us. But I just want to read this. As I look and think about through scripture, when any time that people found themselves in moments like these, they turn their face to the Lord. And I love how Isaiah said, I saw the Lord and he was high and he was lifted up and the robe of his train filled the temple. And I love this, you know, in Revelation, I just want to read this because it is the Lord's day, but in the new covenant, y'all, every day is the Lord's day. And we are declared as being seated in heavenly places with Christ. And we have a perspective from the kingdom that we get to walk in um, every day in every moment. And so I just want to share this with y'all. It says, and this is John. He said that he was in the spirit on the Lord's day and something happened. He saw something. And this is what it says. It says, starting in verse 13, it says, And walking among the lampstands, I saw someone like a son of man, wearing a full-length robe with a golden sash over his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool, white as glistening snow. And his eyes were like flames of fire. His feet were gleaming like bright metal, as though they were glowing in a fire. And his voice was like the roar of many rushing waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars, and out of his mouth was a sharp, double-edged sword. And his face was shining like the brightness of the blinding sun. When I saw him, I fell down at his feet as good as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, and I heard his reassuring voice saying, Do not yield to fear. I am the beginning, and I am the end, the living one. I was dead, but now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys that unlock death and the unseen world. And I love that this morning that you and I get to live in a narrative from the kingdom that is a kingdom of authority and power. And in the midst of fear all around us, you and I get to live and stand in faith, faith for ourselves, for our families, for those that are around us in our neighborhoods and in our workplaces. And I just want y'all to know that um, I love y'all. I have missed y'all so much and um, trying to just stay connected, calling, checking on people. And we just want you to know this morning that you are so deeply loved by David and I, but I want you to know how deeply loved you are by the Father this morning. And I love that Jesus made a way for you to come to him Anytime you want to, I love that the Bible says that we can come to him boldly. Can I tell you that every barrier has been removed for you to be able to walk into the very presence of the Lord and receive love and favor and peace and comfort when you need it. And can I just tell you, we're here together with you as a family, loving you and loving one another. I'm just telling you right now, do not hesitate to pick up your phone and call me. I love you. I will pray with you in a second. And um, I just want y'all to know that. I know most of you already know that already anyway. But um, I just want to say 
that um, we are going to be on the other side of this, just like we have been on the other side of so many other things in our lives, and we have come out victorious. And so this morning, I just re I remind myself of something that my pastor, our very first pastor taught Dave and I as young, early 20-somethings, and he said that when we were facing circumstances or the things of life, and they seemed hard, but he said, as his grandma Riley always said, this too shall pass. And I've watched over 30 plus years of ministry, plus over 50 years of life, that when I found myself in circumstances, that they passed by. And the choice is, is what do we glean and take with us out of those hard seasons? And what I've learned is that God remains faithful to us. He's going to be faithful. He always has been faithful and he remains faithful to you and I today. And so I just want y'all to know I love you. Love you very much. And um, we're very aware of what's going on today in our city. Um, many of you have been affected by work, not going to work. Many of you are in the medical field. Um, we have elderly people in our congregation. And we just want y'all to know that we are praying the protection of the Lord over you. I love so much how we've leaned into Psalm 91 and the protection of the Lord over us as a community. But I want to tell you that we are leaning into the blood of Jesus and how he has provided everything that we need in this moment. And that on the cross, his sacrifice of forgiveness was given through the shedding of his blood, but also his body being broken was the declaration that is, that is being propelled even now into this day, declaring our healing. So for David and I, we just want to say that we are agreeing with you that everything that is needed in this season has been provided for you. And um, I just want to say that we are declaring safety over you and protection for you and your loved ones and your families. And um, we just want you to know how much you mean to us. And um, and so I'm gonna kind of wrap that up just a little bit. I think I probably had a shorter amount of time, but um, I just want you to know how deeply you are in my heart, very passionate for you in this season. And we are gonna make sure that all of us come along on the other side of this together loving deeply from the heart and caring from one another deeply. And um, I love how the Bible says that when the people of Israel were brought out of Egypt, the Bible declares that there were no feeble among them. And we are declaring over you today and this morning that there will be no feeble among us, but we will come out fully intact on the other side, fulfilling and completing and walking in the mission that the Lord has for us together and so we just want you to know we love you. I love you. I miss you. Um, this is just a, a, a season for me as a high extrovert going, oh my gosh, I miss my people. I miss hugging your necks. I miss seeing your faces, being face to face and close with you. And I look forward to when we are doing that again soon. And I do want y'all to know, I believe it will be soon because the Lord is for us. And when the weapons are formed against us, they don't prosper. So I just love y'all and I'm going to turn it over to Dave and we're going to have some more things that'll be coming out this week. Um, I'm going to be putting up some playlists for y'all. Um, as you saw possibly on my own 
Facebook page that um, I am new to technology, but I'll tell y'all, I'm going to whoop this thing, and we are going to be stronger on the other side of it, um, if nobody else, me, in the technology world. I love y'all, and I know I've said that probably, I don't know, you can probably go back and count how many times I've said that already on this um, just beginning part, but you are in my heart so deeply, and I love you, I love our city, and I love how we are coming together as a community and valuing this time that we have as families to connect, be engaged, to love one another, have conversations around the table, have conversations in the living room, on the back porch, what's happening, how are we feeling, what's going on, and just leading and navigating one another well in this season. And I just want y'all to know, I love y'all, and I'm going to be seeing y'all often on this Facebook page. Now here's Dave. I want to start this morning um, my message on kingdom perspective. I was reading in Psalms 37 uh, this last week, and uh, I'm just going to quote a few passages from that and talk about that shortly. Um, this is Psalm 37, uh, verses 18 through 25. It says, day by day, the Lord takes care of the innocent or the blameless, and they will receive an inheritance that lasts forever. They will not be disgraced in hard times. Even in famine, they will have more than enough. But the wicked will die. The Lord's enemies are like flowers in a field. They will disappear like smoke. The wicked borrow and never repay, but the godly are generous givers. Those the Lord blesses will possess the land, but those he curses will die. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Verse 24 says, Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. And verse 25 is really, really powerful. Once I was young, this is David speaking, Once I was young and now I'm old, yet I have never seen the godly abandoned or their children begging for bread. This passage is primarily, primarily a contrast between those who don't know God and those who do, something we're really seeing a lot of right now. There's a tremendous contrast between how godly people are handling these times, handling these times versus people who don't know him. Uh, fear seemingly is overtaking our culture. You see it everywhere online, see it on the news especially. Fear of the virus, which is really a fear of death, fear of a broken economy, which is really fear that we won't be able to provide for ourselves or our families. Fear that we're not in control of our own destinies. Something that has always been the case, by the way. We've never been in control. And in this contrast, God says, I won't abandon you. You won't have to beg for, for bread. Verse 23 says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail. And so if we're listening, God will direct our steps, the decisions that we need to be making. If we're listening to his voice, if we're staying in scripture, if we're quieting ourselves before him, he is going to be able to speak to us. The scripture says he is always speaking to us. We just have to take time to listen. It also says he delights in the details of your life. That means he knows you intimately. He knows you personally. He knows your need. He knows the challenges that you are having personally. It says you'll stumble, verse 24, though you stumble, you'll never fall. And he goes on to say, say that he will hold us by our hands. So even in the stumbling, even when we miss it, even when we don't make good decisions, even when we've messed up, we find ourselves thinking, man, I could have done this or I could have done that. The Bible says that even in our stumbling, we won't fall. And secondly, he holds us by our hand. He will never let go of us. This is so important to understand that especially in this season, he will never let go of us. It's personal to him. 
What incredible promises we have for God, especially in these trying times. As a matter of fact, this scripture makes absolutely no sense outside of trying times. So this morning, I just want to give you three reminders to help you keep a kingdom perspective, to, to think differently. Um, the Bible says that, we are, um, that God is altogether not like us. And that doesn't mean that we can't be like him. It just reminds us that he is different and that we have to be transformed and we have to move towards who he is, not try to move him towards who we are or what we want or, or what we're asking of him. He hears our prayers, but oftentimes our prayer, prayers are prayed sometimes without understanding who he is or who he's called us to be. And so he's gracious and he's kind, but he's always leading us by the hand and drawing us closer and closer to him. Isaiah 43.1 says, don't fear. So the first thing I want to talk about is just rem it, it, that Scripture reminds us, don't fear. Make a choice. Make a conscious choice to not fear. I sent out in an email recently that, uh, that fear is an emotion, and we can't help when fear arises sometimes. But afraid is a decision, something John Acuff wrote, uh, 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 an author I follow. So just keep that in mind. Fear is going to rise. You're going to see things. Things are going to catch you by surprise. There's going to be fear that comes. But being afraid, that's a choice that you and I make. So scripture commands us from start to finish. It says, do not fear. He goes on, he says, for I have redeemed you. This is Isaiah 43.1. I have redeemed you. I've purchased you back. I have called you by name. You are mine. If you notice, most of these scriptures come back to the personal aspect of you and God. He's not just talking about my people or taking care of things in general. He's talking about you. He cares about you. He cares about what you're going through, your emotions, the fear that comes up. He, he, he cares about you personally. So keep that in mind. Um, and when scripture says don't fear, it doesn't mean that fearful things won't happen. They have always happened. We have always had opportunity to fear and to become afraid. Fear rises, but afraid is a choice. It's not the first calamity that has befallen this world, and it won't be the last. The phrase fear not is used at least 80 times in the Bible. And I wonder why God remind us, God would remind us over and over and over not to fear. There's several reasons. I'm going to talk about a few, but one is we recognize very quickly that fear is something that the enemy would use to distract us and take our eyes off of God, take our ability away from hearing his voice, take our peace and joy and on and on and on. But first of all, fear causes us to diso disobey God. And here's why. We miss God's best when we're fearful. We can't hear his voice. His voice is drowned out in this cacophony of louder voices competing for our attention. Fear is another voice that's, that's competing for your attention. Fear also dilutes our trust in God. It waters it down. Our trust begins to erode. The more we entertain fear, the more our trust in God begins to erode. It causes us to see God inaccurately, and because of that, it causes us to see the reality that we live in inaccurately. It will rob us of our peace and our joy. God never said that in a broken world that there wouldn't be fearful things. Like I said, fearful things have happened. They're happening now. They're going to continue to happen. But in the midst of fearful things, God still commands us, do not fear. Secondly, we're reminded to remember primarily God's faithfulness, but he calls us to remember his kindness, his goodness, his everlasting love, his passion for us. And then there's an incredible scripture about his faithfulness in Psalm 103, 1 through 5. It says, praise the Lord, my soul. Hear what the psalmist is saying. He's saying, my soul, I'm making a decision. I'm talking to myself. I'm speaking to my soul that it's something the soul needs to do. 
especially when the soul does not want to do it. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Remember who he is and what he's done for us. He goes on and he describes some of those benefits. He says, who forgives us all your sins, forgives all your sins, and he heals all your diseases. Don't hesitate to pray for healing. Don't hesitate to lay hands on the sick. When Jesus prayed for sick people, he wasn't afraid of getting sickness on him. The sickness was afraid of Jesus getting on it. And so I'm, I, I challenge us, don't, don't take that in a way where we're just being presumptuous that we just do dumb things. God has never called us to do that. But we cannot let fear arise. If, if the Lord speaks into our heart and he calls us and he challenges us to pray and anoint people, then he's called us to do it for a reason because he wants his kingdom perspective to break in in their life. He wants healing to come. He wants to display his power because in his power, he is displaying his love. He goes on, he says, he redeems your life from the pit. And he crowns you with love and compassion. He satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And that leads to my last point. Remember, don't replay. I read this somewhere this, this week. I can't remember where, but it was such a powerful thing. I wanted to repeat it. And that's this. Remembering and replaying are not the same thing. Tempting, it's very tempting right now to listen over and over to the news, to watch the news because we need information. We want information to be able to make decisions about our work and, and, and what's going on in our workplace, what we're doing in our communities, what's happening in, in the nation, our economy. Many of us have tremendous challenges right now in, in our finances and, and we're not sure what's coming. We, we get, I get that. I feel the same thing. That, that kind of stuff rises up in me as, as well. But the danger is that we listen or we watch the news or we hear what the world is saying and we have no filter. And so I want to I challenge you. Make a decision that you're going to place your trust in God and not in information. Information can be true. It can be, it can be false. It can, it can be skewed. It can be uh, uh, incomplete. There's a million ways that information can serve uh, not God's purpose, but serve the purposes of, of the enemy. So just be careful. It's a decision that you make in who you trust, in whom you trust. Don't allow information to come in without being filtered, filtered through the word of God, through God's faithfulness, through his love for you, through his, his over and over his command that he will care for us. He will not leave us as orphans and on and on and on. Don't be afraid to even challenge the news. If something inside you doesn't set right, there's probably a reason why that's occurring. I want to read a scripture. This speaks to this situation. This is in Ephesians 6, verse 12. It says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Scripture is clear. The war isn't with people or even this virus. It's with the message that comes on the heels of this virus and this panic. It's a negative promise, if you will. It's what the enemy tries to place in your mind based on the circumstances. Death. There's no hope. The economy won't recover. How am I going to take care of my family? A million questions arise. And again, the design is to put fear in there and dilute your trust in the king. 2 Corinthians goes on and speaks to that in an even greater way. It says, for, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Keep that in mind. We wage war differently than the, than the world. It goes on, verse 4, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. 
On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. This passage in the New Living Translation is even more powerful. It says, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. But God wants us wants to place something in your mind that is not based on circumstances, and that's faith. I've heard people say this a million times, and it drives me crazy. You just need to have faith. You just need to have faith. That is not helpful. Faith must have an object. You can't have faith in nothing. You can't just have faith. You can't have faith in faith. It's not helpful. God designed for faith to have an object. God has shown himself to be faithful. He desires to be the object of our faith. Remembering his promises, thinking on his faithfulness, ascribing, making decisions to say about him and to talk about him in a way that is worthy of his character, who he is and how he has displayed himself in our lives in the past. This is what is helpful. Faith. Let me leave you with some scriptures to dwell on regarding God's faithfulness and to place your trust and your faith in God, changing your perspective from what you're seeing with your natural senses into what you see in a heavenly and a spiritual and a kingdom perspective. This is Deuteronomy 7.9. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Psalm 36. Your love, Lord, reaches to the heavens. Your faithfulness to the skies. Psalm 91, verse 4. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence, listen to this scripture, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. If God wasn't speaking to this in this scripture, I don't know what he could have been speaking to. Second Thessalonians 3. But the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. First Thessalonians 5, 23, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Second Corinthians 1, 20, for no matter how many promises God has made, They are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. The amen in this scripture is agreement and it has to be spoken by us. You have to make a decision that you're going to agree with something. You're going to agree with the fear that is rising in our culture or you're going to agree with faith in God and trust in him. You don't have to know everything that's going on. The truth is you don't now. 
You're not sure. None of us are sure exactly what's happening with the news that's coming out. There are contrary reports on a regular basis, but here's the truth, that God has shown himself to be faithful. You have to make a choice about who you are going to say amen to, what you're going to say amen to. The agreement must be spoken by you to have any power at all. It's not magic. It's discovering something that is true and placing your trust in it. I have discovered And many of you, most of you, in fact, have discovered the same thing, that he is true. As a matter of fact, Scripture said he is literally truth. He is the embodiment embodiment of truth. He cannot lie. It's not in his nature. So let me close with this. This is Psalm 37, 25 I read before. Once I was young, and now I'm old, yet I have never seen the godly abandoned or their children begging for bread. God has not abandoned you. God has not abandoned this world. He has not. John 14, 18 says this, and this is coming from Christ himself. He said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. He's not left us parentless. He has not. He will not leave us to struggle through life alone or through this scenario, this situation alone. He will not leave us alone, but we can feel alone because we've chosen not to let him in. We've chosen not to take time. So turn the TV off, read scripture, pray, worship, wait on him. Give him time as you read and pray and worship. Give him time to speak to you his faithfulness that he has declared over and over in scripture and in the past and in past circumstances. I want to pray and then Karen's going to come back and close us out. Um, but, but before I do that, I just want to remind you, if you have prayer requests, if you have needs, please contact us. We, we have a, a, web, a website again that, and, and a Facebook. You can connect with us there. Um, but you can always send us a, an email at admin at dothincf.com. Uh, we're monitoring that regularly for all kinds of things. It's a great way to communicate with us. Um, when information comes up, if you need prayer, um, we'll, we'll have your information, but if we don't, include your telephone number in that email, and we will call you, and we will pray with you. We will encourage you. We need one another. Someone, someone is going to pray for you. Someone is going to encourage you. Someone is going to help you. You are not alone. We are a community of believers. We have all things in common, which is what Scripture has said over and over. And because we have seen them, because we have joined ourselves to community, we not only are we not alone from God's perspective, perspective, we are not alone in terms of who we are as a family. You will not go hungry. God has declared it, and through His people, who will make sure that that truth is still true in, in the practical applications of everyday life. If you need someone to help you in terms of going to buy groceries because you're at a higher risk, you just need someone out. If you need someone to come and pray for you at your home, we'll maintain six feet distance and lay hands on you. God is no respecter of geography. He is able to minister through time and through through space. And so we will see things happen. So, so send us your prayer requests. We'd love to pray for you. But also send us your testimonies. We would love for you to let us know how God is breaking through in all areas of life. And, and, and revelation of who he is and, and his reminding of who he is to you. And, and revelation of finances and way he is taking care of your finances. Ways he has connected to you to people or to situations or scenarios. Healings that have occurred. Let us know what's going on because we want to send that kind of information out as well. So it's not just from scripture. It's not just from the past. But it's what God is doing right here and right now. So I want to just pray, and then Karen's going to come back, and she's going to close us out this morning. But if you would, just maybe bow your head right where you are, 
and, uh, and just uh, agree with me in prayer. I just want to pray um, as we finish. Heavenly Father, we just say thank you for your great faithfulness. Lord, thank you that you have shown us through Scripture. Lord, but more importantly, you have shown us, um, just like David said, I was, I was young and now I'm old. And in all of the time that I have if encountered life and that I have been in relationship with you, I have never seen um, your children begging for bread. I've never seen godly people forsaken. I've never seen it. So Lord, thank you that your kindness is bigger than the fear that rises around us. Lord, that you have called us to be uh, not on the defensive, Lord, but you've called us to be on the offensive, that you have designed your people to bring kingdom perspective in a world that has none of it. So Lord, thank you that you're going to use us, not with platitudes, not with, with Christianese, none of that junk, but Lord, we would listen to careful, listen to people carefully and hear their hearts, Lord. And we would, we would speak to their fears, not with judgment or condescension or you should have done this or you should have done that, Lord. It's just not helpful right now that we would speak love, we would speak your mercy, your kindness, that you are not judging us, Lord, that all of the judgment for sin was poured out, all of your wrath was poured out on Christ, and there is none left yes. for us. So, Lord, we recognize we live in a broken and a fallen world. Lord, this happened and started uh, long ago in a garden, Lord, when, when, when uh, sovereignty of this world was handed over to the enemy. But, Jesus, you came also in a garden, and you took it back. Because of what you did on the Christ, you took it back. And Lord, you've given that authority and that power to your people to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. So Lord, let your power rise. Let your power come and break through. Let it be in kindness, yes. But Lord, let your power come in healing. Let, let your power come in demonstration of who you are and your great care. Keep doing more and more, so we'll keep you updated. Thank you. Hey, everybody, I just want to be able to say this, that, um, again, I love y'all so much, and um, I've just kind of been watching the live feed and seeing as people have been responding and everything, and we have um, Violetta, she's watching from Bosnia, and I have my friend Renata, who I'm not sure if she's maybe in Florida or if she's actually in Poland, but it's my Polish friend as well as all of you who have responded and you're posting in the comments, they're so encouraging. And I just want to, I want to finish and close this is that I love how the song of Solomon says that there is a banner of love over you and I, that he draws us into a banqueting table that is full of all kinds of goodness and kindness and favor and faithfulness and love of the Lord. He draws us into that place that there is a banner that has been placed over you and I for all of eternity in Christ Jesus. And I love how the, um, just how even uh, all of heaven is attracted to you. All of heaven is attracted to Jesus in you. And I love how David mentioned that Jesus said when he was going away, he would not leave us as orphans. Can I tell you that by the Holy Spirit, you get to feel and know the love of God and the presence of God in your very home and in the very place of your deepest being of who you are. And we just want to encourage you with that today, that um, you are not alone, that you are surrounded by so many that love you. I love how the Bible talks so often about how that there are the 
armies of the Lord. There are angel armies that are encamped about us. And can I tell you that we live in a day where the kingdom of heaven gets to be evident in everything that we do. Last week when we were together, there was a few of us that came and we prayed during the National Day of Prayer at DCF. And I just want to share this picture with you um, that I had while we were praying. I had a picture of just how um, in Ephesians we have the full armor of Christ. We have the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth. Our feet are shod with the perspiration of the gospel of peace. You and I are carriers of peace in this moment and in this season. And um, I had a picture of really kind of like what the enemy does as well, of like where people were walking around and they had this armor on, but it was like ugly armor. I mean, it just ugly armor. And as we began to pray, there was like just immediately like all of their ugly armor just fell off all at once. It just fell off. And I saw us in moments of opportunities that the Lord gives us when we're talking to someone, when we're praying with them, if it's the encouragement and the kindness, if it's praying for someone with healing, if it's speaking truth where they've had like a really wrong mindset, that what I began to see is that there were pieces of armor that you and I, that as the people, the body of Christ, We were beginning to put new armor on them. We were beginning to cover them with new truth from the kingdom. So I want to encourage you in that this morning that among one another, when we hear something and we're like, oh, I need to to put some armor on that. I need to put some new truth on that. Let's love one another well in this season. Let's cover one another well. And also for those that are in our spheres of influence, that right now we have the opportunity with our neighbors in our neighborhood walking and praying in the middle. I have run into so many people in my neighborhood. Get out of doors, have contact, have conversation, put some of that truth armor on people so that they're hearing a different story. They're hearing a different narrative because the power of life and death is in your words, in your mouth to actually give good news of the gospel in this moment, in this time, in this season that we find ourselves living in. And so I'm going to say it again. I love y'all. I love y'all. I love y'all more and more and more. And so I just want to um, just close out. Dave's already done that. He's already prayed. But I just want y'all to know that we are very mindful of you. God is very mindful of you. And I just want you to know that. And so um, we are here for you. We're here for one another. And I love how Dave shared. It's like, We are here. We have all things in common. We assure you no one's going hungry. We assure you that you're going to be taken care of. We love you. There's so many resources, and um, it's a season to love well. And um, we're going to kind of just end on that moment. Um, Go to YouTube. Listen to some of your favorite playlists. Go to Spotify. It's free. Go to music on Apple uh, iTunes. And like I said, I'll be getting out some playlists for you guys as well. But right now, I know that one of the songs that's emphasized in the body is the uh, I'm Gonna See a Victory. And we've been singing it at DCF. And uh, next week, hopefully, we'll be having some live worship. We're just um, working on the LLC licensing, um, doing live streaming. And so that I'm Gonna See a Victory. The um, words to that song says, the war may be... um, It might be sent, but it won't prosper. And I love that that song goes on to say that every war 
Jesus wages. Every war he wages, he wins. And I, I want to tell you this morning that there was a war that he waged on the cross that speaks to us today of healing and forgiveness and just the ongoing power of what he accomplished on the cross. And he declared, it is finished. So you and I get to walk in a promise that cannot be changed and cannot be revoked because it is an oath that he swore with himself to us. And so this morning, be encouraged. You are not alone. God is for you. We are for you. And we are going to be back again, staying in touch with you often. So we love you guys. And we're so thankful for each one of you. And we bless you in the name of Jesus today. We love you.